0: I'm not Dave. He has just had surgery yesterday. He is in Discord though, so I assume he's okay, but he's still in, in the hospital. I'm not sure if he's back um, tomorrow or whatnot, so I will be doing the Daily Red later on today. Uh, and Two Footed is probably gone till Monday, I presume. But that's for later. Carl, you've had an eventful morning. How are
2: you? Too bad, thank you. Now uh, comfortably sat in a chair and with a cup of tea, so
0: the world is almost back to rights again. That does sound right. I had a, I just saying, I had a tea ready, uh, but what was Saturday. it? An hour and forty three minutes ago.
2: I, I know you um, minus sixty two teas for all the times that I've had to wait for. Uh, well, Dave more than you, but you know,
0: same thing. definitely Dave more than me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I won't add your score on because you get one a year. You get one nice. a year where emergency.
2: It's done well but to make I this scored. one there be more than yeah. one entire match then.
0: Absolutely, uh, but if Dave's listening, ever listens to this, he will he will guarantee that I need to add the score. But anyway, Liverpool doing transfer stuff, Carl. I have not seen Alfa Mello probably since his Barcelona days before he became a financial money laundering player. <laughs> um, um, but but I remember him being very talented at Barcelona, but. By most people's opinions, the Juventus move's not gone too well, but most people also say there is a player in there. So what are your thoughts on him?
2: Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't necessarily be the only one who hasn't seen him because I think quite a few Juventus fans would say a similar sort of thing, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I like Arthur as a player. I don't really like what Juventus have done in midfield, um, by and large, over the last couple of years. Uh, it was 2021 when he moved over there. So he's had two full seasons now. This season he's not been involved. Um, it's it's a bit of an odd one how they've used him at times. I mean, when he went there, um, let's say 2021, they were quite often trying to play like a, a bit more of a flat midfield. For he was partnered quite a bit early on in the season um with Rabio at one stage and then it was Western McKenney as well. And at times it worked. That first half of that season he did look really good. He was the ball winner mm. in there. He was very, very aggressive. He was not so much of a ball carrier, he can be, but he wasn't really that wasn't really his role. I mean if he was playing alongside Western McKenney, obviously that was that was his role. Um, but he was a good protector. He was a very, very combative sort of player. But as the season went on, obviously Juventus were not particularly consistent as a whole, he fell out of favour. He got himself an injury as well at one point, and I don't really think he came back into the side at all from like, say, about February onwards. So, half and half season there for him. Last year, um, back under Allegri again, obviously, not so much in favour at all, really. I mean, he didn't even play a thousand minutes in Serie A last season. He was not a regular in the Champions League uh, 11 either. So, it was really only if games were either already done and dusted or unlikely to be salvaged that he really got himself involved to be honest it was if anything the other way around in terms of the second half of the season he was a bit more involved um, if anybody remembers last year Juve at one point were quite far out of the running and then they got themselves mm. back in so he was involved a little bit there again much more of a holding midfield role not really the central or box-to-box role um, which was a bit more of what he was Renowned for a Barcelona because I don't think he was renowned for anything at Barcelona uh, other than the transfer to somehow make it even worse and bring in Milan Pjanic, which has been <laughs> such a disaster for everybody concerned. It's just not even funny anymore. Um, Artur, there's, there is a player in there, there is, but you have to use him in the right way, and I'm not really sure that anybody has really wanted to use him as a first choice at this point, which obviously has to give us pause a little bit to say what's his ceiling, what's his consistency level, what's his actual need to gain capacity because, you know, he's 26 now and he's not really established himself as a first teamer, not just a Barcelona who were an absolute mess in midfield, obviously for quite some time, but also Juve who have just, in all honesty, they're not that good. Um, they're not. They're just not what they especially, were. Especially in midfield. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just, I'm not very impressed with with the squad that they've put together again. I mean, obviously a few players come in who have big names like and um, uh, Di Maria and that sort of thing. But as a group, as a unit, how they put together the central center of the park, not massively impressed yet. And um, they're going to replace him with Leandro Paredes, basically, who is now coming from PSG, who is. Again, a deep player, a ball winner, but a bit more probably graceful in possession, probably a bit more of an expansive passer than Artur has been over the last couple of years. And I think the only thing I can really say is that Artur, at this point, he looks like much more of a a scurrying about midfield ball winner. So maybe it's the fact that we're going to play three in midfield that he can play as an eight and is kind of released to, to roam and rampage and win the ball back whether it would be a first choice or not. I have my doubts. We'll get into that a little bit more, maybe. But um, I, I can see that there's more scope to use him in both halves of the pitch in a three-man midfield rather than a two, which obviously Juve have played quite a lot of.
0: Yeah, um, if there's noise on my mic. There's a truck outside, so I can't do anything about that, people. Um, but who does he compare to any of our current midfielders? Yeah. Um... I think some people maybe said he's probably more suited to the eight, or am I just chatting absolute one there?
2: No, no, I, I think he probably would be the the more suited out of the two, but again, I think that that's because of how he's been used over the last couple of years. I mean, when, when he came over from Brazil, he was a, a bit more... Um, Able to get forward in his earliest oh, days. Oh God, at he's Lucas Lever. No, no, no. He's, he's <laughs> definitely not a Lucas. Uh, I, I definitely think he's a. He's naturally more defensively minded than Lucas, but he was a, a player who could go box to box. I mean, his earliest games at Barcelona, um, he played as quite an offensive midfielder. To be honest, it was not um, it was not the case like they were always on the front foot or anything at the time either but he was one of the more supporting midfielders so he can move into the final third but as I say Juve he's he's barely been used that way at all so he has been much more of a I'd say in terms of a ball winner quite similar to Kater in that he's like quite quick over the ground quite aggressive to go through a couple of challenges at once um, he's actually a much more aggressive individual than Kater but I mean in the way that Kater makes the tackles it's not like um a Fabinho where he lets them come to him and then does not let them pass one way or another it's much more a, a proactive go seeking the ball kind of uh, challenge um, his passing range is nowhere near Thiago's level but he's not bad You know, he's very very reliable when he's in the team and regularly getting minutes obviously in terms of short distance passing he's I would say he's better than Henderson on the ball for, for sure but not mm-hmm. at Thiago's level at all
0: who is to be fair um... So he's a bit of a mix of it, of a few by the sounds of it, which is which is quite interesting. Um, you said you have doubts about him being a star, which I think in the situation we are, I think that's kind of expected, but Henderson obviously pulled up injured, in air quotes. Yes. Um, we have the nabby situation, whether he's injured or transfer dispute or fallen out whatever whatever the crack, he's unavailable one way or another Uh, Tiago's made of Pringles Um, so he will get a lot of football but basically what you said that we've not seen him play a lot of football and obviously we have basically three games a week basically for the rest of the season by the World Cup Um, is, is the durability maybe the main question mark here rather than quality of play or maybe just lack of understand uh, understanding what they actually is
2: um you mean from a liverpool perspective
0: yeah um i
2: to be honest at this point <laughs> i feel like availability might be the uh, defining factor here um to you just before we came on air it feels very very different to the usual transfers that we've done in terms of uh you know the planning and preparation and even the moment of the market when we've gone in and made our offer. This is a lot closer in my feelings this morning to the Kabak sort of, we need a body. Um, not in terms of quality, but in terms of availability. He's, he's, like I said, he's not on the he's not on the uh, list of requirements for Juventus this season. Obviously, they're, they're quite keen to offload him. He's someone who's available. He's someone who has played in a top European league. He's someone who's on loan. Um, all of that kind mm. of points to... Well, oh, we'll go for him that's a body and through the door it's probably not going to cost an absolute fortune I've not really seen too much reliable other than Di Marzio in terms of um, you know, actually saying about the, the structure of the deal and that at the moment but you wouldn't be too surprised if it was this year that we see him for at this moment in time I don't think
0: yeah we don't tend to do loans and then sign people <laughs> it tends to be the way what's it come back sign. uh who else have we loaned I haven't got many. Um, it's not. It's not a regular deal we do. Um, anything else to add on, on our tour before I ask about? Well, potentially other transfers. I don't.
2: I wouldn't say so really. I mean, like I said before, it's he is a bit of a, an all-round midfielder in terms of he can be a, a deeper ball winner. He's definitely not the same type of defensive midfielder as Fabinho. Um, don't Mm. get me wrong he can play that sixth role because that's where he has played he has played deepest and been um, quite an important player in his own way and in his own moments but consistency has got to be the biggest concern at this moment in time simply because of he's not been able to break into the Juventus midfield which is not one of Europe's finest but reliability and availability, he's been pretty good for that. He has been on the bench an awful lot, so it's not a case of he's been out injured, which is, at the moment, possibly something we just need somebody who's um, available. No, Nowhere near as, um, let's say, picking up niggles and that sort of thing as the likes of uh, Cater have been, Thiago have been, that sort of thing. So, I do think he's a reasonable addition. If he was already here, let's put it that way. If we weren't signing him, if he was already here, he'd be somebody we used, and you wouldn't be like crying if he was in the team. But nor would I think that if everybody was fit and we had a you know a semi-final coming up, I doubt many people would put
0: him in their preferred lineups. Signing a squad option, which is kind of what we all expected. Um, moving on, then there is rumours going about that we're not done in the market because the name Douglas Louise keeps popping up. Um, beyond that, it seems to be other Premier League names, um, we all know about Taylorman and stuff like that, we no no point in discussing him, um, but I'll ask you about Douglas Louise because he is the most common name, um, he can score from corners, that's about it, <laughs> um, in his first season, he seemed to be quite an impressive talent, but it, 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 I think it was the second year under Dean Smith, or might have been the third, by then, um, and certainly under Gerard, he just seems to have fallen, fallen away. I mean, is this just another one where, if it does happen, because it looks like Villa are trying to sign Den Donker, um, which might open the door for us, or Arsenal, or Atletico Madrid, who who else are linked, um, would you be alright with that one? Because it seems to be quite versatile in midfield, but I think that one's more of a quality option rather than, we don't know what he is, because... By that first maybe six months, he's kind of just dropped off a cliff from, from my viewing.
2: Yeah, he's definitely not been as as on it, let's say, as uh, he did during that starting period. I don't know whether that is to do with, obviously, the change of management. He's had a bit of a change of role. They brought in Kamara, who's now basically the defensive midfielder, and then he, Luiz has had a role either on the side as one of the eights, on the side of the diamond at times, he has played in a double pivot a couple of times with him as well, but it doesn't seem like that's really the the role that they've picked out for him at all. Um, he has a hammer shot on him, that's for sure. I, I would see Luis more for us as a very Terrier-like ball-spraying number eight, um, kind of a... Mm. Kind of like what Henderson was a few years ago to be honest. Not not too dissimilar to that in terms of someone who can overlap uh, in the channels. Lots and lots of running to their game. Can hunt down and press and win the ball. That kind of thing. But it's not creative on the ball I wouldn't say I mean he's got a decent range of passing he can make a passing but like Henderson used to be all right at passing his, his long range passing used to be pretty good before he, yeah doing this thing where you know he just flicks it up in the air and does the first time no look clipped cross into the box to nobody at all that sort of thing Henderson used to the be of, the bane of my life <laughs> ah, annoying he used to be decent though he used to be a good passer he, his short range passing was fairly reliable his longer range passing was pretty decent and I think that's much how I'd describe Luis. They're not the same player, obviously, but I do think there are uh, similarities to how Henderson's better traits were a few years ago. Um, it's not really the same sort of thing that we see now. You don't really see Henderson overlapping down the right-hand side too much or really bombing into the box on a regular basis. Luis doesn't really get into the box either, it should be probably noted. that's uh, He's one of the players who sort of gets to the box and stops. He's not really in it too much, which is... Probably tactical, but also probably because his, uh, let's say, scoring traits are, you know, hitting it no slower than 150 mile an hour, and uh, it's probably a bit more chance of him scoring there for if he's a bit further out of the box.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Tom James asking in the chat, um, basically, the, the domestic players were kind of linked with. Who would you prefer, Louise Tielemans or Sanderberg? Sandberger
2: is a championship player who I've not seen because he's a championship player. So I'm going to assume he's playing at championship level and therefore is not just bottom, but about 17 levels down. Now Maybe he's going to <laughs> surprise me and someone can go into that chat group and tell me, but he's in the championship and has been there for a bit of time now for a reason. So as far as I'm concerned, leave him there. Um, Luis and Jürgen Seelermanns, are we assuming that they would be exact same price?
0: We'll seem to be about twenty to twenty-five mil. So that seems so.
2: I mean, I, I've said before. I think we've left Telemans behind, to be honest, or he has left the ability to get to this level behind by not moving on from Leicester maybe a year or two ago. Um, in the in the era where we were, let's say, overcoming that side where we still had like lelana in the team and Origi didn't just play for four minutes at a time and that sort of thing. That that era of Klopp was where Tielemans would have been a really good signing for us he was a Mm. a very good player he was obviously two three years four years younger at the time as well Um, he would have been someone who could help us get a step up but we're like quite a way beyond that now like much much further beyond that not taking into account this season's results and short term form and injuries and all the rest of it but it, we're past what he's up to at this point, to be perfectly honest. Um, so I wouldn't really take Tielemans unless it was either a free next next summer, or I'm not sure. <laughs> you know, if we if we decided to change completely the way that we played, maybe he contributes a different way to the build up. But he doesn't really fit for what I would add to the team at this point, to be honest. So it would be Louise out of the two. Um, but again, I I wouldn't be signing Douglas Louise and thinking that he's going to be the say, our starting number eight. Uh, he would be a good addition to the squad, assuming that Klopp and the coaches get to work on him and find more consistency in his game and all the rest of it. But again, I, I wouldn't... Personally, I wouldn't have him at the top of my wish lists. if it, if it is just to get another addition in through the door and, and boost the squad and he's basically, let's say, taking the place of Oxlade-Chamberlain, something like that. Yes, yeah, I'd be on board with that. Um, he's, a, he's a good enough player. There's certainly more to come from him. I do think he's able to get to a better level with better players around him, better coaches. You know, this isn't someone like Artur Melo who's already been at Barcelona and has had decent coaches. Maybe not the managers have always been the best, but at Barca he had good coaches. He had really good players around him. He's got good players around him now as well, just not elite, elite level ones. But Douglas Luiz has not always been in that situation, apart from maybe when he was at Man City, he's had loan spells after that, where he's been playing in the the sides and has been the better of them and now he's in the Premier League. And at times, you can see, he goes up against really good players and he gets the best of them in matches. But he's not been at one of those top, top clubs yet or had, let's say, absolutely elite management and coaching around him all the time. So that would be an interesting one to watch him. Uh, And I think that even at at the international level, I think there's probably more to come from him than there is from Thielman at this stage of their careers.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting one. I, I think... Louis certainly is better fitting at the minute in terms of how we play. But I think even regardless who we sign, I think ideally our midfield would still be Fabinho, Thiago. Just my point of view, it'd probably still be Naby, but let's say Elliot more realistically. Um, but then Henderson will obviously play a lot. So it'd be interesting to see if these people we actually sign play, <laughs> if we do sign them. Or if it is just the short term fix that we dread. <laughs> or oh, certainly Klopp seems to dread. Um, but it'd be interesting to see if we do buy another one. But let's get on to the Everton game, because that's kind of why we, we originally were here. Um, they are 17th, Carl. They lost their first two games of the season, then drew three in a row. Um, very boring to watch. Don't have a striker at the minute. Um, or they do, but it's Ron on then why would you? Um, yeah, your overall thoughts on Everton before we get into the game a bit deeper.
2: Two, two thoughts on Everton. One, pretty funny, aren't they? It's pretty funny, let's yeah. be honest. Um, and the other is that no matter how bad Liverpool's season gets at any point in the campaign, you can always rest assured just look a bit further down the funny columns, look a bit further down the league table, look a bit further down wherever you want and there you will find Everton. It's it's a thing of beauty. Um, I did very, very much enjoy a brief spell, albeit very early on in the season, where Moyes-Boys made up the bottom three and it was uh, Everton, West Ham and Man United. That was a particularly fun moment. Not that I really have anything against David Moyes anymore. It's just Everton, really. Um, I think it's fair to say we can expect a, an improvement from Everton, which is not really saying much, considering they still haven't won a game of football this year. Um do sign uh, there they did I should say sign Neil Morpé so they do have another forward uh, and I presume that he'll be involved sooner or later yeah. um, Calvert Lewin uh, nah, I'm not having it mate um, I did say this on, when we went over them uh, at the end of last season and pre-season he's the one I would have sold not Rich Allison um, Calvert Lewin's yeah. a very good forward number nine if you're getting plenty of balls in the box and you're creating things in and around the penalty spot for him he's a good finisher one-touch finisher um, Hold-up play obviously okay as well but as an overall player uh, I think they could have done a lot better to sell him and either keep Richarlison or rebuild from the money from Calvert-Lewin and that's even before you factor in the fact that he's now apparently just constantly injured uh, he has effectively had one very good season of goal scoring and even that was probably not the entire campaign to be honest with you
0: Yeah, that was under Carlo as well so Manager drop off. <laughs> Quite a big big one there. Um yeah, they're a very odd team. Um flip flopping between three at the back and four at the back. Maybe that's due to injuries or just well, just Lampard being random. But the, they have just been awful to watch. Um three draws in a row. Um haven't really watched the Leeds game. Brentford, again, why well, would I watch it? But the Forest game, by what I was watching there, or the highlights I've seen of that, it looked like for, well, it was just a dead game. And Forest probably should have kept their 1 0 lead, but the two losses, just. Well, the loss to Aston Villa, which sums it up at the minute. Um, but they played last night, I think, or was it Tuesday? I don't really care. They went with Pickford, Patterson, uh, Connor Cody, James Tarkovsky, Mikilenko in a back four, I should say, here. And then in midfield, they had Tom Davies, uh, Onana, the new lad, Alex Awobi, who is basically this season's Jolinton, um, Dwight McNeil, Damari Gray, and Anthony Gordon. What position would you like to discuss first, Carl? Because they all need discussing.
2: We might as well start at the back then, mate.
0: All right, Pickford, he's still crap.
2: <laughs> he's still crap, and he's still very, very busy. Now, I am going to give... Um... Jordan Pickford, an unexpected boost here and say I think he's been one of their best players so far this season. Uh, That's obviously partly out of necessity because, as I said, he's been a very, very busy man. But he has been doing the job. He has been doing the business more often than not. He's made a lot of quite important saves for them at quite important times to keep them in games. Uh, I have had the, well, misfortune or fortune, depending on which way you want to look at it, of watching all of Everton's league games this season. Not the League Cup nonsense, oh, obviously. God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's horrid. It's, no, it's, it's been intriguing, to be honest. Um, and, and I will pick out a few bits that I've liked, actually, as well about this team. But <clears throat> the biggest issue, as you've, you just alluded to it there, is the organisation still. It's still shambles like there are a few things that they seem to be doing quite well and then he will change it he will change the system either in midfield or the defensive line and that will be gone and the balance there is upset and you're not trying to fix the bits that have not been as good but keep the bits which have been good that's the biggest mystery to me so far but Pickford I think has been pretty consistent to be honest he's never going to be an elite stop um, goalkeeper all round but he's a very good shot stopper as long as the ball's not you know more than sort of four feet away from him, he has to a bit more of a stretch sort of thing.
0: Toddler's <laughs> arms length, or whatever. Yeah,
2: exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> um, it'd be interesting. Obviously, refer back to one of the other podcasts if anybody was listening at the time. See if he's uh, wearing Scotty Parker's jumper coming into the match, and uh, you know, bit of a bit of a tribute there to a fellow Englishman. Um, I don't think that he has made any absolute howlers this season. There's been a couple of moments where obviously he could have done a bit better, but. In general, I don't think that too many of the goals I would put down to him at all. Uh, Obviously, there was a penalty. There was an own goal of Dina, was it, in that Villa match in the end? It was kind of a real mix-up of nonsense. There was the Nottingham Forest goal, which was a really, really good finish. Um, Maybe that one, you could say, was a bit on Pickford because it was his save into not a tremendous area. But it was a, a relatively difficult save to make in the first instance anyway. And... I play a lot of football, but I've never really played in goal too much. I'm not going to say that. Oh, he definitely should have palmed it out wide. Yes, he should have, but that was a, a. It seems to be a difficult skill to do to save and direct the ball out somewhere. So I'm hesitant to put too much on him because even then it was still a really, really good finish from uh, Brennan Johnson. Uh, Brentford again, close range goal. Nothing he could do about that. And then Leeds the other night, Sinistera's goal was pretty good. He completely wrong-footed Pickford. So maybe, again, there's a little bit of a decision to be made there. And Pickford sort of half-stepped towards his right, expecting the shot to be bent into the far corner. And Sinistera clipped it near post instead. So nothing he can do after he's made the move. But lots of defenders in the way. I don't really think that there's a fault there on Pickford at all. So I'm actually going to put Pickford quite high up in Everton's list of performers this season
0: raced (laughs) uh to be fair i've not really i've already watched the televised game so um we'll move on to the defense and when i said they moved to a back four it looks like it's more to do with injury because i didn't realize holgate was injured as well mina's obviously made like literally worse than all our midfielders put together injury-wise um, so he, won't, he, he, he I think he's injured basically for the season, isn't he? Ben Godfrey with that horrid, um, was it Chelsea game, I think it was, that horrid tackle where he kind of, his leg just went. Um, yeah. And Holgate, let's have a look, he's up in his knee. Da, 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 da. Looks like he's out for our game anyway. So we'd guess it would be Cody and, and Tarkovsky again in, in the back four against us. Um, we know Connor Cody's limitations in the back four. But playing quite deep, which I think they do in general, but against Liverpool, it will be 12 men behind the ball. So I don't think the changing system will be that big of an issue for someone like Cody. It's just maybe them individual moments, probably against someone like a Bobby or or a Darwin. Um, but that back four, uh, the, the two centre-backs, I should say. I've always liked Tarkovsky. Um, wait, Michael Keane's alive, isn't he? He might play. Yes,
2: yeah, he was an unused sub the other day, which I thought was... Um intriguing against Leeds when either they could have gone a bit more defensive, obviously, in the second half when they were coming under pressure and they could have gone to the back three then and left, obviously, Cody centrally and put Keane as an extra man. Um, He actually didn't make any subs in that game, though, neither holding on to what they had nor trying to adjust the system when Leeds were pushing on, obviously looking for their equaliser, nothing at all. There was no reaction, not even later in the game. He didn't go
0: for, for the points himself, so... Just frank about that one, I'm afraid. To be fair, I think Michael Keane's been that bad basically since he's moved to Everton. Probably the right decision. Yeah,
2: but, uh, I mean, do you think if, if what Keane's strengths were before they bought him and paid so so much money on him? Another one of those transfers which everybody somehow forgets about that Everton spend a shit ton of money. Um, back to with James Tarkovsky, um, Tarkovsky alongside him and. Obviously, the the system that both of those were used to playing in, surely there must be some temptation there, at the very least, to either stick with the three with Cody or to partner two players who played for the same team in the same system in a two together. Um, at least mm. in terms of familiarity and leadership there, they should be able to <clears throat> play a bit better, I think, than relying on somebody who, like you say, we know is is... Not too well suited to playing in a in a two all the time.
0: I'm just surprised they didn't get Ben Me as well. They could have had maybe all they, the maybe Burn they Mee tried. Ones.
2: They probably tried. <laughs> probably,
0: <there>. probably. <laughs> um, but I'd, I'd, would would you expect them to stick with a four, or would you would you maybe bring in? Well, I suppose I could put Mikalenko back there, but he's not really. We've not seen that yet. But they do. No. I, I'm guessing is still fit. But would <clears> would you stick with a Two against us and just have everyone behind the ball. Would you bring Michael Keane in, maybe? To I don't think Darwin will start, but we'll get on to like that in a sec. But who would who would be best dealt with uh, to deal with um, with Bobby in, in that role?
2: Uh, to be honest, they'd be better off signing a new defender very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think. I think looking at how teams have played against Liverpool. Uh, and given us problems, th- he will probably be tempted to stick with the two. I, mean, I think in Newcastle last night, obviously, um, and a couple of the games that we've had this season where we've not really managed to get runners in behind too well, we haven't played quickly enough, I think he will be tempted to stick with the two. Um, I'm not saying that that's the right thing. I'm not saying that that's what I would do, but I've just tried to get into a, maybe the, the the managers and what they might be looking to do with their own teams. And I think going to a three leaves them really light in midfield as well. It's not just about the centre-backs, it is that centre yeah. of midfield. And they were playing a double pivot in there, um, whether it was a a back four or a back three at the start of the season, it was always a, a two-man central midfield. But I don't think that Lampard's very happy with the balance that they have in there. I mean, it started off with the Curry being in there. I think he's actually now sidelined as well. Then they went yeah, a, a couple of games ago, it was against Brentford, they went with Onana and Iwobi. Alex Iwobi to is top of my list of Everton players this season. He has been excellent, absolutely superb. Um, he is now not an attacker midfielder, not a not a number 10, not a playmaker, not a supporting forward. He's now a box-to-box midfielder, and this boy is excellent. He is taking on board the jobs that he's got to do and giving it absolutely everything. He is non-stop work rate. He is really good at ball winning. Ball carrying, obviously, has always been a good trait of his. Uh, he's never afraid of a challenge aerially not awesome, but we'll get involved and we'll certainly try and help out. He's basically won himself a place in the team and is playing like a player who has been waiting for this chance for a long, long time. So he is without question their their top player at this point uh, defensively and defensively. Mm-hmm. He's, but the the knock on effect of him being a real box to box player is that you either have to have someone alongside him who can sit and you know play play passing a little bit more Uh, reliably and obviously let him rampage forwards when he needs to and they tried in that Brentford game with Anana who's their new signing who does look really Mm -hmm. exciting he looks like a a really really good player I didn't see loads of him in France because he wasn't uh, a regular starter or anything but when he came on he Mm -hmm. could be a bit of a game changer but he's also a bit loose in possession he's also quite um, a bit lax at the minute in terms of his positional work and he looks just as capable of creating a goal as letting the opposition score a goal and he has already cost a couple of goals with either dodgy possession moments, all that sort of thing. So when you yeah,
0: have that both going of
2: it was like watching the Tasmanian yeah. devil come on a sub and it was like everything was going mm. to happen but you didn't know which way at all. It was uh, mm. it was a lot of fun to watch. But against Brentford what you really saw by pairing those two is that when Everton were in transitions, it was very, very exciting, except for when they lost the ball and then there was this great cavernous gap behind them. So they needed an extra one in midfield. Which has been Davies apparently so he's been sort of either the 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 sort of sitting midfielder or let anana sit and he will try and break forward but in between Iwobi and Anana, so that was what they tried against Leeds it was a bit better in terms of filling out the gaps but that knock-on effect is that you have to have a back four instead of a back three so that's where they're really trying to get the balance at the moment Mm -hmm. Iwobi in central midfield very very good Tarkovsky in centre back since his debut, I'd say. Didn't have a, a particularly great start, but not too bad. But they really have a big difficulty at the moment in finding a balance between an extra man in midfield and an extra man uh, at centre-back. They basically don't have the right profile of player in either of mm-hmm. those roles that they need to go alongside the one that they do have, who's playing very well.
0: Well, they are, I think they're going to sign two midfielders by the looks of it in, in, in the last day but- Ghana for about 10 mil, I think, is is joining, and the Adrissa Ghana gay stuff has basically been going on for about eight years now, I think.
2: Um, considering they want him, he wants to go back, and Paris Saint Germain don't want anything to do with him. I can't believe how long <laughs> that deal is taking.
0: I mean, would either of them come straight in? Because I'd guess Ghana is more of the sitting little Pilo type. I'd, I'd never really watched Nottingham Forest, and we know what Adrissa Ghana gay is. Um, more sitter, well he did a bit of canter stuff now and again but I'm guessing he's more of a sitter nowadays in his old age But would would either of them add balance to the midfield and maybe once they get more defensive options back the, the back four can be a more settled thing? Yeah I mean it's very difficult to know about
2: James Garner to be honest I mean there's always been huge huge um, what do we say hype around him and expectation yeah. around him but obviously he's not yet fully done stuff certainly not at the top level so I'm yeah he could be really good for them but I'm a bit hesitant to say of how good he'll be because he's not been in the league quite often enough I don't think he's not really been on the radar of absolutely about to break into the Man United team and so on and so forth so I assume that he's going to be good Um, but again you're looking here more box to box than just holding midfield. That's not someone right, who's going okay. to sit. Uh, he's, he's, you know, good on the ball. He's certainly aggressive in terms of challenging and that. And he will play defensively if you need him to. But that's not specifically and primarily his game, is it? He's not someone who's going to sit there. I would assume they'll try and use Adrissi Ganaghi as that holder midfielder if they want Mm -hmm. someone who's just going to purely sit. But again, that's not what his game was, certainly not when he was at Everton, certainly not at PSG. Maybe they're going to use him as that now uh, because he's a little bit obviously older, maybe that more game intelligence and and experience that he can use now to sit. But again, he was a rampaging, run-all-over-the-box destroyer. He was... He was last in the Premier League and his first season in France. He was Angola kante light. That's what he was. He was someone who you would have the midfielder sat beside to fill the gaps and he would go and win the ball and hunt it wherever it was. And he was excellent at that. But you can't just have a midfield of people who go after the ball. Otherwise, if you miss it, everybody else is running in behind you. And that's a bit of a concern of mine, to be honest. I mean, if you have maybe Ghana, Wobey and Drissa... Maybe one of those can be told to sit, but then you've still got to fit in an earner somewhere because they've spent an awful lot of money on him. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting uh, mix that they're going to have of a lot of very, very similar people. And All really the box-to-box sure. box destroyers,
0: yeah. Carl. All That's ten it. of them. That's cool. Just
2: just a diamond of rotating box-to-box players. Gordon
0: and the... on his own, and then everyone else has legs. There you go. Him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, I mean, we mentioned Anthony Gordon there. We'll move on to the to the attack, or lack of attack, I should say. Um, the £60 million never-happened boy. <sighs> He's obviously their main attacker at the minute, although I think the Gray is probably doing just as well, to be fair. Uh, Dwight McNeil, doesn't. from what I've seen, doesn't look right in that system. Um, but hey-ho, he might settle on getting better. But just the lack of focal point, I think you're kind of seeing, I know they're not the most attacking team, well, maybe the most defensive team ever, um, but you just see the lack of a focal point, the lack of organisation we mentioned, that there's no system to their attack. I think it's basically hope something happens and then one of the fast lads <laughs> get on a break. Um, yeah, they don't seem to be addressing the attacks. I'm guessing, not. For, I don't think it's for this game, but I'm guessing Calvert-Lewin will be back soonish. but how long that'll last, we can't really say.
2: No, I mean, I like I said before, I expect Neil Moorepay to start this game. They've obviously spent a bit of money on, on bringing him in. I keep
0: forgetting the bottom.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he, yeah. he should be available for this game now. He wasn't uh, registered on uh, in time for the for the week game. Is the word I'm looking for here? But he, he's fine now. Obviously, in terms of being registered and that, I think it speaks quite huge volumes on. Um, what Lampard speaks of Ron, uh, thinks of Rondon and that he didn't start the first game when they didn't have a forwards. He did come off the bench and um, was it in that game? I think it might have been the second game uh, and did okay bits. He helped them a bit again in that Everton one after um, Takuri, not Takuri, came on as well and so Rondon was all right in that game and then he did start him in the third game and that's the one that he started so far and he was terrible and he he hooked yeah. him against Nottingham Forest. Obviously, they didn't beat Forest, and he's not been back in the team since then. He didn't even bring him on against Leeds, so that kind of tells you where he is. With Rondon, he is going to be an emergency when needed, and maybe not even then third choice forward. So I would expect that they line up with Gordon, Gray, and Morpay to start with. Yeah, Neil, um, I agree. I, I do think he's been a bit, you know, a bit unfortunate in that not been brought in and played in his actual role. He has played as the centre forward a couple of times. He has played from the right-hand side, trying to get him to cut in, obviously, which I never think he looks as comfortable with. He is much more of a stay-wide kind of player, isn't he? His strengths are not so much in cutting in, dribbling and shooting. We even saw that last year with Burnley when they tried to switch things up and play him on that side. His best strengths are getting the ball in space and hitting the flank, getting past players and delivering really good uh, crosses into the box. So they've not really Nailed it down with him, yet, yeah, but Demario Gray I think has been pretty good as well. I think Gordon would be probably Everton's second best performer behind Iwobi for me. Um, mm-hmm. And he is certainly in the last couple of games, obviously he's scored a couple of goals, but he's finding a bit more end product in general. Um, we know what he is in terms of what he's been over the last year or so, a real, real pain in the ass, a horrible player to play against, someone who'll barge into you, rile the crowd up, get on everybody's nerves, uh, dive as many times as he can in a 15-minute spell, uh, all that really narky, nasty, annoying stuff. Which, if he's on your team, you'll love, especially if you're a basically, and he's helping to get you upfield and all the rest of it. But this year, he is also adding, um, I think, better decision making is probably the, the the best way to frame it. It's not just mm-hmm. about um, scoring the goals, but it is about when to take on the shot. You know, last last season it was just block shot shooting straight into crowds of people it was because he had cut inside and he was on his favorite foot he would shoot not necessarily because that was the right thing to do whereas this year I think he's obviously taken a bit more uh, lead a bit more responsibility in that attack he is trying to create things a little bit more as well and I think the fact that the Mario Gray has started the season quite well as well helps him because he hasn't got to do every single thing himself so it would be Probably best to describe their attack as fluid and interchanging, but that's not always by design and you know because that's how they want to play, but rather because he's just searching for the right combination of how to get people into better areas, who to play at centre forward until they have an actual number nine available, that sort of thing. It's been interesting to watch at times, but it has made it an incredibly difficult to watch uh, at times as well, because they just don't have that structure in build-up play, they don't really have the Uh, repetition of patterns to to get the same player into the same positions to score the same type of goals often enough like you know you know what a Liverpool goal looks like you know what a Man City goal looks like you really know what an Everton goal looks like other than Gordon running behind people and shooting quickly so it's still something to be worked on Neil Morpé as we know good movement aggressive annoying not always the best finisher so it'll be interesting to see how much he can add in terms of giving them a bit more of a focal point and giving them someone to play off. And maybe, maybe unlike Brighton, Everton don't actually need more pay their number nine, to be a constant goal scorer, but rather someone who can help that uh, structure of attack and the combination plays in the final third, because they do have a couple of wide goal scorers. So Gordon, obviously, now we're thinking might be one. It might not necessarily be this year. He finds total consistency, but previous to this season, he had scored one goal for Everton, which wasn't a deflection already got two for this year so it's a step forward at the very least
0: yeah I think it should be more it should be interesting I think Morphe is probably the one who could who could play with Calvert-Lewin or without Calvert-Lewin so I think that's quite a good sign and even though I forgot he existed a minute ago um but yeah I think that's quite a quite a clever sign I think he was only about 10 to 15 mil wasn't he so that's not too bad um he did seem to fall out with Graham Potter though so it's not not a good, a good one where we know Frank can can uh Cast aside people, but that'll be interesting to see. I'd, I'd probably agree. I think you got to throw in more pie at this point. Um, uh, he's given us a bit of trouble in the past as well in in, in the odd Brighton game, so that should be. Uh, I think that I think that should work as a front three. Um, midfield will be interesting to see because I, I think we'd both agree. A would definitely starting Onana with with the absence of Decorio probably starting the defense probably just stick as Um Let's move on to us. Um, you were obviously on roll last night so we don't need to reflect on the game too much against Newcastle. Um, but the defence, Mat- Matip was back on the bench, um, but I, barring protecting him from injuries, because that is a, a, a thing with Gomez, I, I wouldn't really change that too much. The full-backs, if it wasn't Everton, I'd probably argue that we should Possibly change at least one of them because Trent's been pretty stanky, but and Robbo maybe a bit more of a long term concern. He just doesn't look like the Robbo of old. But if it wasn't Everton, I'd maybe argue that. But with it being Everton, I think you do kind of need the the uh, experienced heads in there.
2: No, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna make the call and say Simicus comes in. To be honest, I Ooh. have to
0: say I don't think actually Simikas has been
2: at his best either when he's come on. He's no, not, he's not really been. Um the impactful player that he has been previously but I think right now is probably when we start looking at not just the game that we've got but the games that are ahead as well um, because it is now going to be every three days every four days that we play all the way through to the to the international break obviously and then again beyond to Chris uh, to, to the World Cup so Everton away Napoli away it's not the, the nicest pair of fixtures that we'll ever play consecutively I think that there is a case to be made exactly what you've just said, that there are a few players who have not been playing well enough to keep their place in the side. And maybe we use that as an opportunity to, at the very least, if they're not hit in top form, have them in top energy levels. Because again, as I, again we've mentioned on Raw, that was something that I think has still been lacking this season. So we've seen Klopp not be too afraid to make changes against Everton in the past. Um, we've all seen the absolutely mad Derby 11s, which have come out over the last few years. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if we do get a, a couple of changes. I, I would keep Gomez in myself. I think he's been right, And I would like to, to get another game out of him at the very least first. Um, obviously, I'm not really sure how much training Matip has had as well as the other thing. We don't want Matip coming back, which has happened before, playing a game and going down again with, a, with another injury. So he's only had, what... Two days training, I think, before the Newcastle game. So maybe it would be another two days training before Newcastle. So maybe that's one to change in midweek that we only change one in the defensive line each time.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I can see, I can certainly see an argument for Simicast. I think Milner's probably the option at right back, unless we do move someone in centre back and move Gomez. Um, but moving on to the midfield, I'm guessing Milner will be the one coming in for Henderson. Because Jones has only just come back. Um, Arter, we're not sure if he's injured or available. Then he's not signed yet, so touch, touch wood <laughs> if he does that. Uh, or if anything goes wrong, we've had the Fakir situation. Um, but I'd guess it's just Milner in for Henderson, which, to be fair, the way Henderson's playing, I think that's an upgrade and... Let's be honest, Henderson, regardless of what you think of him, he just simply doesn't suit that left-sided role at all, um, whereas Milner, that's basically been his primary position for us in recent years.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think Milner's been better than Henderson this season. they um, yep. have not, not too dissimilar in terms of minutes. I think it's 207 for Milner, uh, 310 or so for, for Henderson. So I think Milner's been better, pure and simple, and I think Milner is better in that left-sided midfield role as well. Uh, If it was another, again, similar to Matip, I think if it was another few days along, I would be tempted to put Curtis Jones straight in, to be perfectly honest. Uh, I do like him in that left-sided role. I know it's not maybe his best, um, and I've seen some people don't really like him in that role, but I do. I think he's reliable. I think he offers a a decent blend between consistency in his ball play and a little bit more creativity. But in any case, it's not. So I think Milner to come in is the right one there. Harvey Elliott, I think, is one of the first names on the team sheet at the moment whether you think that that's by availability or of others or his own performance levels i don't really care i think he has earned the right to be in the team at this stage i don't think that again that that will be all the way through because again we're going to have such regular changes around Mm -hmm. now in midfield especially um with the games coming so i wouldn't be surprised again for example if maybe elliot is one of the ones to come out for the napoli match but for this game
0: he's earned it keeping him in no, I fully totally agree. I think he's been probably, probably, boo, has he been our best player? Is he the Warby of this team? Is he our undisputed best player? Uh, I think he is. I think, I think he's certainly he's in the consistent.
2: Yeah, I think yeah. there's only been really maybe two or three players who have been consistently good. And even like Diaz, we think has been good in general, he's had a game or so where he's not really been at mm. it at the start of the season. So I think Elliot has been consistently closer to his own best level anyway.
0: Yeah, I'd probably put that. Moore's been quietly efficient, but quietly is the probably word you focus on there. Um, Yeah, it's probably, it probably is, Elliot. Um, moving into the attack, then, I think we kind of mentioned this whilst we're doing the Everton bit, Moore and Diaz will definitely start, but do you, do you throw Darwin straight in? Because Bobby... No, no, no. ...one stinky game, and then he was good no, last night. No, not at all. There's
2: no, no, no call know, to put Darwin Nunez in this game. He's not He's not, um, obviously... He, he will, he will so headbutt so Cordy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's hope that he has learned from this, you know, because it's it must have been, not obviously against Bournemouth, but in the other games, I imagine that for a player who actually cares about football and for a player who actually cares about his teammates, which he would like to think is every player, but isn't. But let's assume that Darwin Nunez is one of those players, right? It must have been quite difficult for him to watch on against Man United with how we were playing and thinking... I could be out there, but I was a dick. And against Newcastle up until yeah. like the last 10 seconds, again, exactly the same thing. We should be winning here. I probably could give us something, but we're not. I'm not able to because of my own actions. I'd like to think that that's a lesson that people can learn, right? Some people are incapable of this lesson. And yes, I'm looking at you, Granite Shacker, And yes, I'm looking at you, Joey Barton. And yes, I'm looking at you, all you other ones who have done the exact same things throughout your careers and cost cost yourself availability on a regular basis, Maybe Darwin's that, and maybe we get to see that over the next few years. I'm hopeful not. Partly because he plays for Liverpool, partly because we spent so much money on him, and partly because um, we can't really afford for 100 pounds players to not be available on a regular basis. So let's assume that he doesn't go and get himself sent off or suspended in silly ways again in future. There is still the question of, have you deserved to be in the team? Have you put in the performances? I'd say no is the answer to both of those. He's, he's had a couple of really good impacts, but that's not enough. Whereas Firmino, obviously, in the, at the moment, like you say, we never know what we're going to get. And Firmino is one of the players who form, I'm not honestly sure he knows the word because he can turn up, be dreadful in the first half and world class in the second, or be fantastic one game and look like he's consumed a bottle of tequila before kick off the next. We know this. We've, we've known this for a long time with Firmino. And those ups and downs do come a bit more regularly now than they used to the minute he is our most impactful player that's how it is so you don't take him out of the team when the rest of the side is struggling for cohesion and uh, ability to to play at their highest level and all the rest of it there's that would just be a, a silly thing to do in my opinion
0: no I probably agree I think Darwin <laughs> I think the only question someone mentioned it in the chat there I think the only question is do we need to protect Bobby? But I, do, I think we've got to start him and then maybe protect him if he's not performing or he's fatigued or whatever. But Bournemouth was basically a weekend off, let's be fair. Um, and then if needs be, Darwin, is it, is it Napoli? On, is it Wednesday or Tuesday? Um, we, Darwin can probably play that one and probably more suited to that one, if anything.
1: Um, and look,
2: and as I've said before as well, Firmino doesn't really play in the 90 minutes too often. I think as, as yeah. the season goes on, he is going to be one of the 60-30 players. So he'll either start and play the hour, like which, again, I think even against Bournemouth, he came off, didn't he, after being on a hat-trick and all the rest of it? Mm-hmm. Or he comes on for, for the half-hour to try and either turn things around or give us a different route of attack, that sort of thing. That's, that's what I see Firmino's role as being best used as. He obviously doesn't play at full tilt all game long anymore, But you can get an awful lot out of him in either a sixty or a thirty. So there's absolutely nothing wrong with him starting, and then Darwin is eased back into to things, let's say, because he will come off the bench, you'd imagine.
0: Yeah, and I think because the Klopp said Jota's back in training this week, didn't he? Or next week. Yeah, it should be. We should
2: have Jota, Thiago, Cuivre, and then obviously Curtis and Matip are already back. So we should have five senior faces back, most of them for this game. At least available, but obviously it will depend on a couple of those injuries. I would imagine, especially Jota, because it's uh, the, the injury that he had and the explosive actions that that will need to overcome. Maybe he doesn't make the bench for this one, but he'll be a bit closer to to playing again anyway.
0: And Naby's back from his fake injury. <laughs> Naby, will be, Naby will be will be back
2: <laughs> the moment the transfer window closes.
0: Yeah, yeah. After the other game, Naby will be back in the team unless he has done something really badly. Um, or he might just be stalled. Who knows? Um, we may have made ourselves look silly, but who cares? Um, yeah, so basically run through our team quite quickly. Allison, Trent, uh, Gomez, Vanti, Simakas. I'd probably agree with Simakas, to be fair. The way Robbo's been playing. Uh, and he looks weird with the broken fingers, so that's putting me on. Um, it, it matters to me. It's like when Suarez didn't play with that bandage thing on his hand. Right? Um, Midfield, Fab, Milner, Elliot, I'd agree with that. And then the front three from, from the Newcastle game as well. Um, squad options. I mean, Carvalho last night. He, again, that's probably a couple games. I know the Barniff game wasn't really a game. um it was more a training session. Um, but Carvalho, every time he plays, he seems to be looking a bit more confident and a bit more Premier League ready. I'm not saying he's an option to start in this one, but... If we're looking to rotate a bit, would Carvalho get in a longer stretch in the game or maybe a start in the midweek game?
2: Um, again, I think if it wasn't probably in Everton, maybe you would think about it a bit more. Um, yeah. Only, my only concern, and it's not really a concern, but just a, a situation which, unfortunately, he might find himself a part of right now, is Liverpool's fixture list coming up now is a lot harder than it was in the games that we've gone past. Yeah, um, he's done well to be involved in the games that he has, but obviously part of that was injuries. Would he have come off the bench, Chicago and, and Cato and the rest of it? Not so sure. But now we play uh, Everton, Napoli. Wolves is a tricky, sneaky game. Ajax, Chelsea. So it's not the easiest run. Uh, with a few people coming back, maybe you get him a run out somewhere in there against like Wolves or Ajax, maybe, because um, they're both at home. And they're mm-hmm. they're not um maybe as good. Do Ajax have a team? Uh, well, we'll see, I Ajax might be having a really busy day today, so yes. um we, we might be, we might be facing Ajax, which is like uh you know, one of those world eleven teams they put together on short notice for a, a charity match or something Just like that. All the Dutch regens in the world. So we'll see we'll see what their squad looks like closed tomorrow, so I would be tempted to start him, but I'm hesitant to start both him and Elliot. That's that's the thing. I don't mm. think it's because they're both very young, but because they're both so offensive-minded. I think if...
0: I think them two would be the ones you rotate, wouldn't it? Yeah. At, yeah. The unless
2: unless you play... Yeah, unless you play one of them wide forward, that would be fine. You know, if, yeah. if Diaz you know needs a rest or want well, they use him on the right wing and rests no. out or something like that, then yeah, you could put Carvalho in the team as the left forward and leave Elliot right midfield. I don't think I would start both of them in the eights at the moment together.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. Um, in terms of duels in this game, then, um, I'm guessing the midfields are key one because we, we've mentioned the Wolby's probably been their best player. Onana looks, well, chaotic <laughs> is the word, uh, and we don't know who else will be with them, whereas we, the the troubles we've had in that position are quite documented. I think Fabinho's looking a bit better. Um, I don't think he's been horrendous by any mean um which kind of turned into the narrative uh Elliot as I said been our best player and and Milner's been well it's been Milner (laughs) that's all you have to say about James Milner so is that probably the main duel there because we know they're going to sit deep and stuff like that but if we can get a more a Bobby or or a Diaz exposed on one of their players and not have 12 players around him um that's probably our key to success isn't it
2: yeah, I mean, Elliot against Iwobi is going to be really interesting because Iwobi's basically been their left-sided midfielder, whether it's been in the two or the three. Um, so how they track each other and how who wins that sort of ball-winning duel that they're both very, very keen to get involved in. Uh, neither of them are primarily defensive midfielders, but both of them do that defensive side of the job really, really well. And this season, I, as I've said, I think both of those two are the best two players for each team. So that's going to be a really interesting one-on-one. I'm very... Not sure what the word is here, not hopeful. I'm very curious to see how Salah does against Mikolenko because he's actually been playing pretty well, Mikolenko has. Um, he's very, mm. very tight marker, Um, quite aggressive in the challenge, but they don't tend to have the centre-backs too close to the full-backs. So maybe at last we might see Salah get a few one-on-ones with a bit of space in behind. Uh, that hasn't happened too often this season. On the other hand, if they do start with like Know, McNeil left mid or something like that then we could again see him doubled up by fullback and uh, midfield so it could be another game where Salah is finding it very very difficult to get space to be honest, we, we have seen this season the moments in matches where he got more space to focus was when Darwin was on the pitch because Darwin is a big old man and he occupies a man or two himself doesn't he, so that Return of him could be good for Salah later in the match, let's say, if it is Darwin off the bench for for Firmino or similar later in the game. Um, Other than that, it's got to be the tracking of the runners again, which probably Gomez's recovery speed against Gordon on the counter is going to be one thing. And whoever is Everton's second bombing on midfielder, whether that's um, Nana or Davies or whoever they decide to put in, and if Milner stroke Fabinho cover them properly this time, because you know the runners from deep has again been something which has troubled us far too much today. This season, sorry.
0: Yeah, absolutely has. Absolutely has. Even even in the um the last dive, you know Anthony Gordon dived from Austin, but th- even in that game last season it was a it was an issue. So yeah, hopefully we fix that. Um anything before we go to predictions? I don't think so. I, I think this will
2: be a bit of a Difficult watch at times. To be fair, uh, yeah. I don't think that you know we we can say that we're playing so well that this is just going to be a game we absolutely cruise through. And Everton are, are pretty poo in terms of their build-up play and in terms of their structure and organisation. And that's what we need to make the most of is the fact that they don't have you know the spaces between players off the ball all sorted out yet. They don't have a specific sitter in between the defensive and midfield lines. They don't have partnerships all over the pitch between centre-backs and centre-back and full-back and full-back and the guy ahead of them. They don't have that all set out yet, and we have to make use of that. But the only way you make use of that is if you have one, movement, and two, speed of play. Now, our movement's pretty good, but the speed of play this season is not. So if we don't up that, then you don't make the most of what Everton are bad at at this moment in time. And it's, it's not a new thing. A lot of Premier League teams are the same. If you don't play quick enough, you don't expose what they're not good at. Uh, what they're not good at. So all I want to see again is from kickoff, similar to against Bournemouth, obviously not expecting the same sort of scoreline, but that we play quicker, that we play more aggressive, that we are much more in their faces in the final third. And, well, we an all dream. So hopefully we can have a second game in the last nine where we actually score first.
0: And it could be nil-nil. No, no. <laughs> could be nil-nil. No, no. Um, cheers, thanks Yeah. Thanks for that, yeah. optimistic man, I was going to say 2-1, I was just, just giving the options but I'm going to go with 2-1 <laughs> to Liverpool they they obviously score first because it's a trend now <laughs> but what are you going with? I will go
2: with I'll go with 3-1 I do think that they'll score as well, I can see Gordon scoring again probably just to be annoying um, mm-hmm. I think it'll be a very tight game, I don't think it will be like two goals clear, very easily or anything like that but maybe later on if they're really pushing then we do get another couple of counter-attacking opportunities and completely screw it up this time
0: yeah hopefully hopefully and it's not bloody last minute well it could be funny if it's last minute but it has for been my before. own <laughs> yes well we're missing a week re- maybe carvalho's the new origi late goal against new if he starts scoring against everton i mean he's just champions league get goals away from being a rig re- um but yeah, I think that I think that is everything, unless any news is broken or anything like that. But before we go, Carl, anything you want to plug? Uh,
2: just the things that I've been plugging
0: um, over the last
2: couple of podcasts, to be honest. There's a piece on the independent on uh, transfers coming over to Europe of young American players and speaking to the owner and sporting director of one of the clubs over there, how they're doing it and why and all the rest of it. It's a USL team, which makes it very different from MLS. Um, Quite an interesting read, even if I say so myself. And um, I will have the usual European look ahead to the weekend and what to look out for and expect and probably a bit of a
0: rundown of the transfers abroad. Beautiful. Uh, And for me, I'll be on too many podcasts either in the background or on the forefront whilst Dave's away. But thank you, everyone, for listening, especially those who've listened live on Discord. Goodbye.
1: We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show.